Have you ever wondered why exactly it is that things usually sound better at home than they do on stage, in auditions, or even in lessons? It's easy to chalk it up to nerves or assume that you just have to practice more or get more performance experience. And sure, those things certainly are part of the puzzle, but a lot of times that's not really the true root cause. If you've been confused by the inconsistency of your performances, I put together a free four-minute quiz called the Mental Skills Audit, which will help you pinpoint your mental strengths and weaknesses and figure out what exactly to adjust and tweak in your preparation for more consistently optimal performances. You can take the Mental Skills Audit online at bulletproofmusician.com MSA. That's MSA for Mental Skills Audit. And again, it's 100% free, and it'll take just four minutes to get your results emailed to you as a PDF. This is Noah Kageyama, and you're listening to the Bulletproof Musician Podcast. Every Sunday morning, we'll take a look at a new research-based tip or technique to help you practice more effectively or perform better under pressure. And on the first Sunday of every month, I'll have a guest from the music, sport, or research world who will share their insights on how we can all be a little more awesome in the practice room and on stage. It was March 15, 2017, and the San Antonio Spurs were trying to pull out a close win over the Portland Trailblazers. With two and a half seconds left in the game, a Portland foul put Manu Ginobili at the free throw line. Trailing 105-108, to the plan was to make the first free throw and then deliberately miss the second free throw so that they would have a chance to rebound the ball and score quickly to tie the game up and go to overtime. Of course, what ended up happening is that Ginobili missed the first free throw which he intended to make, and then he accidentally made the second free throw, which he intended to miss, which ended up clinching the win for the Blazers. Do you ever notice whether it's hitting a big shift, navigating an icy sidewalk, or eating a chili dog while wearing a white shirt, how telling yourself to not screw up often leads to exactly the result you're trying to avoid? You've probably heard that it's not such a great thing to tell yourself what not to do, that saying don't miss or don't slip or don't get any chili on your shirt is going to make it more likely that you do. But is this actually true? Like, does our brain really have that hard of a time processing contractions? A recent study looked at what would happen when experienced tennis players were asked to serve and not miss under a little bit of pressure. 32 collegiate tennis players were recruited by coaches and given the following instructions. Please try to serve into the target zone to get one point for each ball. However, Please be careful not to serve into the net or out, as you will score negative one point for each ball. And finally, for any ball you hit within the serving box rather than the target zone, you will get zero points. In other words, the athletes could score points by hitting into the target zones at the sides of the service box, would get no points for hitting a safe serve in the middle of the box, and would be penalized for hitting the ball long or wide of the service box. Everyone started out with 10 warm-up serves, and then they took an assessment to measure their cognitive anxiety, somatic anxiety or tension, and self-confidence. Then the athletes hit 20 serves, with no particular stress or pressure added to the situation. And after a 10-minute break, they were told that they would then be entered into a contest with everyone else in the study, where the participant with the highest serving score would win a new tennis racket 
worth about 150 bucks. After taking the anxiety and confidence assessment once again, they hit 20 more serves. This time, of course, with a bit of pressure added to the equation. So what happened? Did this pressure lead to more inaccurate serves in general? Or did they accidentally hit more serves into the areas they were specifically told to avoid hitting to? Well, first off, the racket contest did seem to work, in that participants' cognitive and somatic anxiety increased significantly, and their self-confidence went down. And yes, the increase in pressure did correspond with a drop in performance. Specifically, when their anxiety went up, participants hit more balls long and wide, the exact thing they were explicitly told not to do. Meanwhile, the number of balls hit into the middle of the service box, the zero-point area where they neither gained nor lost points, was pretty much the same regardless of whether they were nervous or not. In other words, under pressure, the athletes didn't just become less accurate servers in general. They became less accurate in a very specific way, hitting more balls to the exact place on the court that they were trying to avoid. Which is pretty weird when you think about it. So why does this happen? Well, there are a few possibilities, but the theory of ironic error essentially suggests that we have two mental processes in play, an operating process and a monitoring process, and that when we're under pressure, given the limited cognitive resources available to us, monitoring our performance ends up taking resources away from the operating process, which makes us more likely to mess up in exactly the way we're trying not to. To me, this all seems to speak to the importance of watching your language and cultivating the habit of telling yourself what to do as opposed to what not to do. I think it's probably important to make this a habit 24-7, even when you're not under pressure, so that this way of speaking to yourself and others becomes more natural and automatic, and you don't have to consciously remind yourself of it when you're in a high-stress situation. And I know this all sounds simple enough, but for the next 24 hours, pay attention to what you say to yourself and other people. See how often you think and phrase your speech in the negative, as opposed to the positive. If you're like me, especially when it comes to parenting and managing your toilet paper eating dog, the negative phrasing really sneaks in there and happens a lot more than you might think. You can find links to this week's study and other resources like practice hacks and the audition cheat sheet at bulletproofmusician.com blog. And if you found the episode helpful, please share it with a friend or practice buddy who you think might also enjoy experimenting with this during the coming week. <laughs> <laughs>